Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Subscribe on iTunes at Toddcast Podcast. Ryan. Todd. Hey, dude. How are you, man? Good, man. How are you? Really good. Cool, cool. Thank you for taking some time here to join us. Yeah, man. My pleasure. I think the last time I spoke to you was 1990-something. I was going to say it's probably something <laughs> like that, or, or certainly at the very beginning of the 2000s. It's been a while. Yeah. yeah it's dude. been a minute. Yeah. So, uh, of course, most, most recently people are going to know you from taking on the role of uh, Fred Andrews in Riverdale, but they're going to know you for, I mean, man, your resume, dude, is impressive. <laughs> Arrow, yeah. Van Helsing, Pure, I mean, that scratches the surface. And of course, we're going to get into all those shows, but I, I was hoping to maybe for this time, Ryan, I want to go back to the beginning and and the things that you were watching and being influenced as a little kid. Like, what are the shows and, and actors and actresses that are, you know, kind of leading you down that path? Oh, man. You know what? It's crazy. It depends on where you start. Like, uh, I was a big uh, comic book fan growing up and that sort of shaped my imagination as an only child and yeah um comic books and music and movies um and then sort of later when i was able to sort of appreciate performance um i was really motivated by guys like paul newman was a big deal to me robin williams was a big deal to me um sort of a vast like you know, I, one of the earliest memories I have is watching Three's Company with my mom, mm-hmm. and John Ritter just blew my mind. And there's stuff my mom would watch, like Three's Company and the Carol Burnett show, and physical comedians, ironically, were like the, the first thing that caught me. John Ritter, Tim Conway, mm-hmm. that stuff, I just thought was incredible. Um, and then later, it was seeing Robin Williams do dramatic turns that kind of started to really amp me up a little bit. And then when I found out that Michael J. Fox was a BC kid who had made it, <laughs> suddenly I had all this hope and, uh, finally, you know, 21 jump street was filming in Vancouver and you're like, wait, what? Hang on a second. That's, that's so close. I grew up on the Island in Victoria. And, uh, yeah. there were these stories that made me, you know, think, maybe, maybe I could do this. I, I don't know. You know, I was, I had no idea how to get into this business. And it was a, it was a crazy, crazy journey for me, including like homelessness and living <laughs> on the streets of Vancouver. And, and, I, and, the, and the craziest part was music was always a part of my life. And it was being in a band, um, back in the old days, uh, and a, a wonderful filmmaker named Kristen Clarkson, uh, was a fan of my old band, Helen Keller. And she put me, in a movie, she was, she cast musicians, she cast me, she cast uh, my very good uh, friend, my, my brother, Todd Kearns, uh, in the movie, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, and we, um, we made this tiny little movie, and from that, I got an agent, and everything sort of went from there. How long have you been kind of grinding at it now, then? 20 years. 20 years. Wow. 20 years. I, I got a bit of a, you know, like... I guess in, in Hollywood terms, it was a bit of a late start, but, you know, um, I had been, the band took up a lot of my time in my 20s, and, and you know, when you're, when you're playing the types of shows we did, and 
the albums and stuff. It, 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 it takes a, it takes a toll, and sure. and uh, and I had such horrible stage fright that I was I would I created a character for myself to you know just to be able to perform on stage, and uh, and That's I would do that a lot. Something and else, it, <laughs> and then you just you find yourself like you know getting into this situation where you think, oh man, people like this character I've created more than they like me, and and when you're in your early twenties. You you go down that rabbit hole of like trying to be this creature you've created, and and uh, I look back at those days, and you know I think man, like it, it was a blast, but I don't know that I would like that guy too much if I met him today. Mm -hmm. But all that shaped me, you know, all all, the, all that um, all that stuff sort of um, I think made me able to 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 do some of the performances that I, that I, that I have um, you know been grateful to have the opportunity to, to play you know some of the roles i played have been you know i was a werewolf on tv for four seasons and then the next thing i know i'm playing charles manson in the movie right after that it was bananas mm. and it's not like you're a drama nerd in high school i we, i went to an arts oriented high school and um i did have a really incredible uh drama teacher who, who inspired me a lot oh, cool. um i was definitely performance oriented um but i was driven differently i'm a blue collar kid i'm just like a, i'm a, my work ethic you know is 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 kind of is a bit, a bit unique like i just i want to go to work and i want to do the best job um possible and that that really motivates me and i just have i constantly feel like i've got something to prove like I'm, i don't think i'll ever be satisfied you know people ask me you know what's your favorite role you've ever played and my answer is always i don't know if i've played it yet mm. you know i'm not i'm not satisfied yet and do you think it's imperative to have a manager um for me at this point in my career it is um but i didn't need one for for ages um at this point you know i've got my i've got agent manager lawyers accountants like it's just like now it's just gone crazy right you know um which is pretty but, awesome uh, <laughs> that's awesome it is. It, it is awesome, and I'm grateful. And and I have, I, when I went, the last time I went to, to sign with a manager, I met with all these fancy people. And um, not to say that my manager's not fancy, my manager's amazing, um, but I went in there, and he showed up in T-shirts and jeans and a backpack, and we talked for about an hour about everything but the business. We talked comic books, and we talked music and we talked like movies and actors and Sam Rockwell had just done this really cool thing. You know, we were just, and then we we're like, Oh, I guess we should talk about whether or not yeah. we're going to work together. And it's been great ever since. The main thing though, is that you actually get along with these people that are trying to advance your career. Yeah, man, that's it. I mean, my agents know me my whole career and she's, she's a beast. She's a powerhouse. Yeah, and I, right. I, I love her to pieces. And, you know, and it, it's funny. My, my biggest thing when I went to meet managers, I was like, I just want my phone call returned before the end of the day. Yeah. I, I just don't, I, I, I don't, I, I want to feel like I'm the only client you have. And everybody looked at me like, oh, who the hell do you think you are? And I was like, I'm, I'm serious. I, I don't care. Right. I just want to, I want to feel like I'm, I'm the only client you have in my reps make me feel that way and that's not an ego thing that's just an insecurity thing right. <laughs> <That's just> like, <laughs> you know like i just just please return my calls and validate me for god's sake yeah no fair enough i mean that doesn't seem like a, a lot to ask you know what i mean so we're, we're talking off the top um about the the shows that people know you from pure van helsing arrow of course now riverdale did any of these roles come easier to land 
than the others? Van Helsing was one. I have a really great relationship with Simon Barry, who is a creator showrunner uh, from when I was on Continuum, and he was doing Van Helsing at the time. And I had worked with his producing partners on Van Helsing on a show called Hell on Wheels. So that fell into place. Great show. Pretty well, Hell on Wheels. Yeah, man, that show is oh, awesome. Oh man, uh, unbelievable. Um, one of my dearest oldest friends, Chris Hyredall, plays the suite on the show, and I think oh no way, you know. Cool one of the most incredible uh, arcs and performances I've ever seen. That guy is just a beast. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if people that are listening haven't, haven't seen this uh, Hell on Wheels, that series, man, is awesome. Oh, you Dude, it's do awesome. yourself a favor, find yeah. it, watch it. You it's, need to watch it. Yeah, it's crazy. And I had formed some great relationships. There was a director, Michael Nankin, and um, Neil LeBute had worked on the show. And I happened to have this really great arc on the show in I had a very memorable, uh, one of my episodes was incredibly memorable, specifically this one scene I did with Common and Anson Mount. Um, and it kind of really stuck out for a lot of people. And, and that was something that uh, was remembered when I sort of was having my meetings with everybody for, for Van Helsing. And um, Originally, Van Helsing, I was supposed to play a different role, and it didn't work out. And I came in at the end, and then they killed me because they wanted me to go do Ghost Wars, and then I did Ghost Wars, and then that didn't that didn't go. Anyway, it's, it's a very, the business is crazy like that. Yeah, totally. And and as a uh, superhero fan, a comic book reader, like Arrow had to be right up your alley. Man, uh, that was a that was a blessing. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know how I got that. I got a call one day, and like they want to know if you if you'd want to do Arrow. And I was like, oh, like you didn't mean they want me to audition? They're like, no, they just want you to be on the show. And I was like, wow, cool. Uh, and it was it was great. I mean, my only thing is, look, I, I still want to play. I still want to play a superhero or a supervillain before I get too old. You know, like I, I'm yeah. I'm determined, man. Like uh, I've played characters close. The character I played on Continuum was sort of like had these Wolverine kind of abilities and that was cool. But, um, yeah, my only, the only bummer about Arrow is I was like, please secretly give me a power or something, and, <laughs> you know, but obviously that wasn't in the cards. And they, they, man, they kept me, they hung on to me on that show for, for longer than they needed to. I knew what, I knew where that character needed to end up. We all knew. Right. Um, and they postponed it as long as they could cause we were having a blast. I mean, I had such an incredible time on that show. It was so much fun. I and, bet. I bet. You know, we just, we shot all the stuff on the island uh, sets. So it was mostly just, a lot of times it was just me and Steven, you know, and, and not a lot of distractions. This beautiful location, this beach right there. And um, so it was a good time for sure. Mm -hmm. and, and so was it, uh, was it DC? Was it Marvel as a kid? What, what was the... Uh, it, it was Marvel as a kid, yeah. for sure. I mean, I, I do love the DC... I love the dark, dark DC stuff. I was a big Frank Miller, Dark Knight yeah. fan. Um, but Marvel and then later Image, like the, the newer sort of offshoots, the, the indie vibe. Uh, That's really right. Kind of what were some of those? Uh, um, again, that was Rob Leafield. Yeah, and I mean, right now, like, the guy that's blowing my mind is, uh, I love Rick Remender. I love all the stuff. And I, I'm really blessed to have done uh, Deadly Class with him. Mm. Um He's, there's a title called uh, Seven to Eternity that just is incredible. Black Science is incredible. I mean, I'm still a comic book nerd. I just yeah, go, I, I go a little bit. Uh, I I just can't keep up with the Marvel DC 
the universes are, I mean, it's insane to try to keep up. I mean, I don't think we've been able to keep up since our twenties, early twenties. No, if, if I were to step into it now, yeah. yeah, if I were to step into it now, I'd have no, I'd have no idea. Spider-Man was my guy. Um, yeah, and, and Spider-Man and the X-Men, I think were, that was, those were my, those were my go-tos as well. Interesting. So yeah. did, were you collecting when it was uh, Todd McFarlane doing all the 289, 290s, 300s and all yeah, that? Yeah, for sure. Which of How course, good like, was that? You know, and then of course you go down the spawn rabbit hole. And, yeah. Uh, yeah, that stuff was, that was stuff was incredible. And, and, uh, for me, it was like, I always felt like an outsider. I was the kid in the corner with the Mohawk. I was a weirdo over here. And, and I just felt like nobody understood me. And then except for the, whoever was writing these comics, cause I felt like they were writing these characters for me. Like these were, these were weirdos and, and you know, the riffraff that people pretended didn't exist and they were doing I love the anti-hero I love the 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 story of the character who just doesn't want this he thinks it's a curse but they still are compelled to do the right thing and um, those are the characters that, that always resonated with me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you remember when you first read uh, Watchmen and oh, how mind blown you were like how good was that oh man As a of kid, course I, I mean like, what that was do I mean Look that 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 won real mature literary awards. Like it, it won, it won, it won the bigs. You know, like a, like a novel. Um, I, so a funny story. I was shooting this movie uh, that I don't think anybody saw called Passengers. Not the recent one. It was an older one with Anne Hathaway and Patrick Wilson and Diane Weist and and the, the David Morse. It was an incredible cast. Hmm. And I was shooting this movie, and um, I knew they were looking at doing the new Watchmen movie. And uh, this was back when, like, Keanu Reeves was attached to be Dr. Manhattan and stuff. And all of a sudden, Patrick uh-huh. Wilson shows up on set. He's got this, the Watchmen graphic novel. And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing with that? And he's like, oh, man, he pulled me aside, and he sort of told me they were looking at him for Night Owl. And I was awesome. like, I know everything about this book. I know everything. Let me." And so we talked and talked and talked. Then they start shooting it, and I um, uh, had got to know Zack Snyder a little bit. I was going to be in the thing. It was a whole crazy... I get this call uh, to go to the table read um, because Billy couldn't make it. So would you come in and just fill in and be Dr. Manhattan and you know, play the role yeah. with the entire cast and all the producers and Zack? And it was... I thought, well, this is my chance. And it was, it was amazing. And I looked across the table and Jack Earl Haley full character as Rorschach at the table read. And I was like, Oh, this guy is perfect. It was, it was so cool, man. Like it just to look, see like Patrick get that call at the very beginning. And then I don't know if he had something to do with me being at the table read. And then I got cast in it and then I had a scheduling conflict and couldn't do it. And I was like, Oh, oh. Man. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. I mean, is that, is that Alan Moore's best stuff for the, uh, graphic novel comic book world? Boy, oh boy. I mean, that's tricky. Gotta I mean, be close. He's, gotta be close. He's such a divisive character, right? Like, I mean, he's such. He's, he, he comes. He comes off as this like super intelligent, but really angry writer. But I love it. Like, I yeah, think. I, um, I just think like, especially when he was when he was writing like Watchmen. When he was writing at that time. We're talking the eighties, and it was really. I hate to throw this word out, but it was prophetic. Totally. He was, he, he called it, man. Like, 
you know, when they were originally like, I remember talking to David Hayter after X-Men 2, um, we were at a party together and, and he, you know, he had done, and he was trying to write, he was trying to do Watchmen back then and they were going to shoot in Australia and then 9-11 happened and he was like, I can't, we can't do, we can't blow up New York now. Like, we, so we got yeah. shelved for a decade. Um, um, obvious, for obvious reasons. I mean, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't, you couldn't have done it. I mean, taste even, reasons alone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and even when they did it, they had to, that was, that was an area that I feel like, you know, in the film they had to be really extra sensitive with for mm. obvious reasons. Mm. But, uh, yeah, I remember when that was supposed to happen and cause I met David Hayter <laughs> this thing and, and my whole, I was with my buddy Scully and we were, we were giving him shit because we th- we thought we could have cast it better. <laughs> we thought we could have <laughs> nice. cast the X Men movie, yeah, the yeah. X Men cast better. But anyway, that's yeah. how that's how much of a comic book nerd I am. Oh, I'm literally telling the, the writer that <laughs> I could cast this movie better. <laughs> that's awesome. So if, this was also back when I was that guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it still sounds like you're that guy. Uh, <laughs> if if you could have a superpower, then which power would you want to have? Um. Well, so Nightcrawler is probably my favorite mutant of all time. Yeah. And I love the idea of teleporting. I just think that I don't, I just love that kind of, uh, I hate flying. I hate it. I hate it. I don't like flying. I don't like being on planes. I have to do it all the time. And I was like, man, if I could just teleport, that would be fantastic. It's, it, it's the best power. That literally is the power I always tell people. It's, oh, really? It's the power, man. I, like, it, it's the best one. Yeah. You could just imagine you're at that shitty party and you just cannot wait to get out of there. And you're like, you know what? I'm just going to sneak over to the hockey game for a second and see what's going on. Yeah, <laughs> no right. Bam. <laughs> you, you just pop you, back in. Smell the brimstone and, yeah. <laughs> you know, you come back. Well, you're like, hey, what's going on, guys? Yeah. Something's burning. Yeah. Uh, no, I just had to. Yeah. <laughs> I, had to go check the score. I had to go check the score on the Canucks game. <laughs> nice. What are you binge watching lately yourself? Like you're in so many shows and. But what do you, if um, you find the time, what are you binging right now? Well, right now, uh, I'm watching The Witcher. Um, yeah, I just finished that's the, good. I, I, haven't, I haven't seen it yet. It's good. It is good. Uh, I'm not going to say the problems I have with it, but I, no, I really like it. Um, yeah, that must I, be tough, hey, as, a, as somebody that knows the, the industry and knows the craft as well as you do. Well, and to, I know people involved in it. Yeah. Well, so. <laughs> like, to, to, to watch something, how hard is that for you to actually push it aside and be like, all right, like, let's just watch this as a fan, not you know, somebody that's in it as a critic kind of thing? How hard is mostly that? It's, mostly it's easy. Yeah. Um, if there's, say, an actor in it that I'd worked with, or maybe I didn't, we didn't get along or something, I find that a little distracting sometimes, or there's a performance yeah. that I'm like, eh. But mostly, I can still do it. I can still, you know, get into the fantasy of it all. Um, like watching The Mandalorian. Oh, um, great show. I, 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 I love Gina um, Carano, we did a film together uh, a few years ago. We we came as new friends and been in touch since. And, and she's so amazing. She's such a lovely human. And I'm really, really glad to see um, her get this shot. And to see her knock that character out of the park just makes me so happy. She's such a cool, cool woman. Um, and just a powerhouse. Like, I'll tell you, man, uh, we had to do fight scenes. And I'm a pretty good fighter. Getting fake kicked by Gina Carano sucks. I would <laughs> never in a million years want to get real kicked by that woman. Uh, and then uh, the other one, my, my wife and I are watching Righteous Gemstones. because mm. 
the hell is that? I've never heard of that. Oh, it's Danny McBride's new HBO show. Danny McBride and um, oh. John Goodman, and yeah, it's uh, it's 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 very very Danny McBride. Well, I mean, he... <laughs> it's like it's about a it's about um, a so uh, televangelist family. Okay, <laughs> that's really, that's really all you need to yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, Danny McBride and what was the uh, East Side and Down? Is that what it was called? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that that series, like, he has got to be one of the best uh, comedically timed actors of the last, you know, couple generations. He's so unique to me. To- to totally, me. I just man. don't. I can't think of anything else, anyone yeah. else like him. And the funny thing to me is, Danny McBride has looked like he's in his forties since he was nineteen years old. <laughs> totally. And and to the Star Wars, we're talking the Mandalorian. You've seen the 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 latest. You see it. In I have not. No, oh, I'm not. I, it's, it's hard, man. I, I have a I have a four year old, and yeah. uh, it makes uh And I also I live in Squamish, and we don't have a movie theater here. So oh, right. It's a bit of a, I forgot it's a you're in Squamish. Yeah, that is a bit of a track to see a show. It's actually a night out. We're going out. It, yeah, it's a whole thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a whole thing when yeah. we just want to go to a movie. That's <laughs> not uh, that's not Pixar. Yeah, true enough. Uh, I do want to be respectful of your time. I, I I wanted to bang out a few oddball questions with you, and then I'll uh, I'll let you go. We'll get outside oh, of, man. Uh, of acting. You don't have to be, of course, what you're you don't have to be respectful of my time, man. I love this. Stuff. I'll eat it up then. I'll eat up your time. <laughs> uh, are you a big sports guy? Do you watch the MMA fights, uh, UFC, Bellator, huge, and all that? Huge MMA fan, yeah, and so. I'm a big Canucks fan. Yeah. How how you how you liking your Vancouver Canucks this year? You're on a bit of a tear right now. Listen, I don't want to jinx anything, but I'm very yeah. I'm, good. I'm happy. Yeah. I'm happy. I'd like to see uh, Petey stay up on his skates a little more often. He, he falls down a lot, but he gets the job done, so that's cool. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'm yeah. I typical Caduceo. They always keep it interesting. Oh God! But that game yesterday was like whew, it was a nail biter. It was great. It was a fantastic <laughs> game, and uh, just it, 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 not you know if anybody from the Canucks organization is listening, please. Well, they got to re-sign, re-sign Markins. Like, re-sign Markstrom. You got to re-sign the guy. Yeah. Like, get the job done. He's an all-star now. He just got, he just got uh, put on the all-star team. If you could bring uh, an old player back, who would you want to bring back? Oh, jeez. You know, like, a bunch of people came back. But I always hated losing um, Bieksa. Yeah. I hated losing BX. I mean, I mean, it depends how far back you want to go for old players. No, no, go back the whole, yeah, the whole life. But yeah, BX is a good one. Yeah, but but you know, relatively, you know, like within my sort of generation of watching, um, I I will always hate that they got rid of BX. And I understand why they got rid of Burroughs just to keep him in the league for a little bit. For, but I, I, you know, I as look if Burroughs played on another team, I probably wouldn't like him. But I, I right. love him as a no. He's definitely one of those guys. Like he's just a, a little bit of a gnat. You know, he kind of gets under your skin. It's kind of like Kessler. Yeah. You know, when when Kessler played for us, yeah. you loved the guy. When he took off, you're like, fuck off, bud. Yeah, or like remember like Rafi Torres. Torres. He was like Burroughs. Well, Torres wasn't Torres playing with the Edmonton Oilers before we got him. Or yeah, I think, I think that so. was I think that was the case, and like hated and the guy. We had Rafi Torres, we had Matt Cook, we, yeah. had, I mean, we, had, some we had a scrappy little, team there, man. Just, we had a scrappy team in the mid twenties. Yeah, yeah. But that's just not that's not the game anymore. No, not at know. all. Yeah. What was the music in uh, in the Robbins house as a kid growing up? What are your parents playing? Well, you know, it's funny. My mom was huge into Motown, okay, and my stepdad was into like old the old country, like the, the greats, like 
you know, Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings. Merle you know, Hager. he was yeah, yeah, all, yeah, all the all the old. So it was a really eclectic um, musical uh, turntable yeah. at uh, at our place. Yeah, so I, I was exposed to a lot of stuff. My mom um, was a singer. She used to sing in this Motown cover band. Oh, um, that had the worst name ever. Uh, whenever <laughs> you know, they were they were called the, they were called the Carefrees. The Carefrees. Like, okay, I'm like, isn't that a Feminine hygiene, but anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry, about that, but yeah, but uh, yeah, my mom was a beautiful singer, and well, that's cool. I was around the house and, and so, what yeah. was it that got you down the the rock path? Um, uh, storytelling, man, that's just a passion of um, you know, stuff I was listening to. I was a big Tom Waits fan. I was a big Pink Floyd fan. Yeah. You know, I discovered that in my early teens, and um, I w- I w- I'd been writing uh, like poetry and lyrics since I was really young and uh, I was a, just a garbage musician. I started as a drummer. I tried playing bass. I was in a band. I was playing bass, but I was writing the songs and we couldn't find a singer. So I started singing and then that ended up being like where I, what I loved is, is, um, is that part. And when I got it with, with Helen Keller, it was just so different because I used my voice as another instrument and kind of like we we're into the, back then we were into like the John Zorn projects and mm-hmm. mr bungle and we were yeah. we were godfathered by skinny puppy those guys took us under their wing and um we were sort of we were proteges for them and um so it was super experimental and i was i was making instruments a la tom waits and i was running everything through multi-effects units and i was running a theremin through a turntable mixer and using my voice as like sound effects and it was bananas it was so crazy man that was like it yeah, it was super fun. That would be cool to look back on that part of your life, eh? Yeah, and we got to remix people's albums uh, because of the sound. We we were, and we got to um, score films. And uh, when we would play, like when we played a winter music uh, conference in South Beach, Miami, one year, we were a five piece band playing the same circuit like Daft Punk and Chemical Brothers and The Orb. So totally. all these sort yeah, of yeah. DJ specific sampling bands. You know, we were playing that stuff live. We had two drummers and bass player, turntable. You know, we, so it was a, it was a pretty cool live show um, at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, trippy. And what was your first concert that you attended? Um, my first concert was uh, in excess. Oh yeah, yeah. I lived in Victoria. No one ever came there, so it would have, you'd have to make the trip to Vancouver. So I think it was fifteen or something, and I went with cousins and. That was probably a pretty good that. show, though. I bet, eh? It's a great show, yeah. Oh, I, I, yeah, no, I, I quite liked In Excess back in my yeah. early years. Was, like, yeah, they're uh, huge in the mid mid eighties. That was a massive band. Yeah, and if you're, you know, if you're a little skate punk or whatever, you know, you're this stuff. You listen to In Excess, Midnight Oil and stuff back then. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Oz, the, the 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 old Aussie invasion. <laughs> totally right. <laughs> the old Aussie invasion. Back when back when music had a little bit of more of a political edge. Mm. You know? I miss that, man. When it's all coming around, Rage Against the Machine, man, is going to be doing some oh, dates in, well, I was going to say wait. in 2020, but I guess in this year. Yeah, we're already in Yeah, I can't wait. At least 2020. I mean, Fuck me. Do you, do you think, wow. though, like, do you think for their first show to be at Coachella, that's a little yeah. weird, though? I think that it's just, they're a band that's needed. And we just need them to play wherever it is. 
And maybe they'll have dates. No, but maybe they'll have dates before that, though. You know what I mean? I think Coachella's the first one. Is it? Well, so far that's been announced. But yeah, that's so far that's been announced. I don't know. Like, I I get what you're saying. It's it's a really it's an odd bill. Like, besides, take them out of the 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 picture. Take uh, who else did I notice it? Where Run the Jewels were also on the same date as uh, uh, as a Rage, which is another fucking rad band. If people don't know Run the Jewels. So like good. crazy good band, but take those two bands out and like literally, I'm like, eh, eh like pass. Yeah. I'll pass on that. Yeah, that's what I mean. Though. But uh, you know, I think we need more of that. Like we need run the jewels, man. We need more killer mics out killer there. Killer Mike, like, we man. need we need people doing real life things. Like you know, we need that push. Like I talked to my my teenage daughter about the music she listens to and and the state of things and you know when politics get weird and the world gets crazy you know back then like we got angry and and like said what said what we meant and meant what we said and we were and and took action and now it just i feel like artistically it's a lot of whining i'm gonna get so much shit for saying that i know people are probably gonna be really mad but if i were to generalize a lot of the music and a lot of the the, the the art and a lot of films we're seeing are, are, are quite quite poor me you know a little whiny a little poor me like I want a little yeah. I want some vitriol man I want some anger I want some, some angst <laughs> totally some man angst. Be, you want that because that's what we grew up with yeah that's fair that's why that's fair yeah that's fair I mean you could I, I saw this like uh, this like stupid meme the other day but it was kind of true that like you could say what you want about Generation X but we were right. <laughs> we were right we called it man <laughs> oh that's right I, I saw one and i i thought i saved it on my phone i was out drinking one night and uh, it was about a week week and a half ago and i thought i saved it but the gist of it was and i didn't uh it was something like you know as gen xers we've lived through five decades because uh, 70s 80s 90s 2000s or i guess that'd be seven decades six decades yeah. You know, we've gone through, I can't remember what it was, but I was like, every single point was like, yes, yes. You know, we're like, we're the badass generation. Gen yeah, Xers man. are like, you know, we're, we're cool enough to be hanging with the old, with the younger. We're, we're savvy and uh, experienced enough to be hanging out with, you know, our parents and stuff, which are the boomers. Um, yeah. You know, we're just there. We just fit in everywhere. Yeah. We're the, we're the last true badasses. And yeah. I, I say that proudly. No, I totally, be, I, I totally I, agree. I'm seeing it now, like the young generation, the teen generation now are, I'm, we're starting to see these badasses come up and, you know, I mean, I say that about music, but then I, I, you know, you look around and you see like the Billie Eilish's and you see some really cool talent coming up. People, you know, saying, you know, with a lot of things, people have a lot of things to say and doing a lot of unique things. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's starting to come. Yeah, I do like Billie Eilish. She's cool. She's just... She's good stuff. She's so unique. It's just so, like... Yeah. And she's... Uh, for me, like, I I kind of wasn't paying attention until I started listening to the lyrics. I and mean, she's a storyteller. She's kind of... There's some good... There's some good young storytellers coming out. And I like people that are writing their own music again. Yeah, same. Same. Uh, Ryan, I'm going to hit you with two more questions and I'll let you go. Uh, it's probably bedtime in your house here coming up as well as yeah. in mine as well. Okay. So the first one, and I think I know the answer to this, but maybe I'm wrong. Do you believe aliens have visited earth? Oh, how dare you? <laughs> yes. I, in some capacity, I, I don't know. Uh, the short answer is, um, 
Yeah, I think I also, but I also think that we used to be way smarter and we just got dumber. I also like I I I I do think that there is um, there's just some things that we just don't understand and then and maybe aliens. I I, do, I don't disbelieve the idea of yeah. aliens at all because I why wouldn't there be? You you know, know? It would be the reverse. Like, you know, it's less feasible that they haven't. Yeah. How the, arrogant the, is it to the, think that the, this huge universe that we know nothing about, that we're it? Right. Like, that, just seems, that just seems arrogant to me. But, I, you know. We're yeah, kind like of NASA's Kepler program has identified, I don't know, like it's a, it's a million planets or something like that. It's some ridiculous number. Even, yeah. It doesn't need to necessarily be humanoids. It could no, be just something. Also, and of all people to start, like, it, not exposing, but, you know, stuff became declassified. And to bring that knowledge to the public, Tom DeLong from Blink-182 right. is, like, leading this crazy charge and going, like, look what's available. This totally. is what's available. And, and, the, like, and the oh government, and the U.S. government saying, absolutely, aliens exist. And people, yeah. are, it, it, it's at that point now where the, the super information highway is, our attention span is, like, six minutes. Oh, dude, nobody cares. Nobody cares, dude. They declassified. They're like, oh, yeah, no, these are for sure UFOs. Like, these are like, yeah, we think these are probably alien shits. People are like, oh, yeah, cool. What's Trump doing? That's great. Yeah. Yeah. Have we impeached him yet? We did. Oh, but then he bombed up. Are we going to war with Iran or what's going on? All right, cookies over here. Great. Okay, cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, we're just, we're all over that. Like an impeached president potentially just started a war and we're just like, nah, I'm over my, that's my six minute limit. Let's go back to, to back to the screen. What's happening on just, my, my Facebook Jeffrey feed. Katzenberg and code just created a whole new streaming service called Quibi, which is content that is literally 12 minutes or less. It's Insane. on the go content yeah. and huge stars are getting on board, um, for this new streaming service called Quibi. Uh, it's crazy. You watch. It's designed to watch on your phone, on the subway, or wherever you wherever. are. And yeah, it, on the plane. You know, just twelve minute shows. Like, like that's where our, that's, that's that's where we're heading. That's our time frame. That's where we're heading, man. Yeah, it's our attention. Like, there's no right way people are still listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we, we lost the youngins minutes ago. Minutes, minutes, and minutes ago. Uh, last question. And I think yeah. I know your answer to this one as well, but I'll ask anyway. What's your right. take on legalized marijuana? I, I think it's great. I think it's uh, appropriate. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's about. I think it's about time. And, and uh, I think uh, I think there needs to be a, a, a lot of changes to the to the drug laws um, because what's been happening for several decades has not only not worked; it's been uh, documented as detrimental. Like it has been a Right. absolute it's a failure. failure yeah yeah 100%. yeah so yeah no i i uh, i'm all for it i uh yeah i'm all for it and 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 and, and look what's happening i mean just the advancements in cbd treatments alone have totally. been uh exponential so uh i i think it's i mean colorado is an incredible example of um you know the uh, good the that can come of it and school systems and health and and yeah. all that, all the influx of money to those uh, regions and stuff. And not only that, but yeah. I think it's only a matter of time before we start to see 
you know, hemp being used in uh, like the like it was used in the late eighteen hundred eighteen hundreds, early nineteen hundreds, where it was like you know clothing and textiles and uh, you know, and, and I think even in World War One, it was used for rope and stuff, all, right? Like, all of that stuff, and not only that, it was all used for that. But you know, do a little bit of research on this, and you'll see that it's not only used in that capacity, but also uh, the turnaround for that plant is like yeah. six to one versus or eight to one or something like that to, yeah. uh, you know, cutting down, clear cutting a forest. Yeah. Where, I mean, where, where's, think, uh, where's the mentality marijuana that? plant? That's right. You think the marijuana, a marijuana plant and the bamboo plant, those things are, are, are so durable. Um, you know, there's just so much to be done, uh, with, with both those plants. And, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I think there's a, there's a, we're just seeing the, the, the surface, we're scratching the surface of, of what we're, I think, uh, the potential of, of this plant and what can happen with it. So, yeah, you know, agree. Uh, I'm curious to see where, where this all goes and, um, uh, yeah, I'm all for it, man. <laughs> You're a good man, Ryan. Thank <laughs> you for taking some time here to join us, uh, the podcast in Vancouver, Canada. Uh, you are at Rye Robbins on Twitter. And uh, you're pretty active, man. Pretty uh, engaged, which a is a little bit. Which is I really try. Good to see. I keep it. I keep it subtle. I don't get political. I don't yeah, get I like crazy. It though. I, I like that you're actually, you know, you're engaged and you you talk to your fans and your followers and stuff. It's it's cool to see. I try. I'm trying to be better at Instagram. My Instagram's Rain City Ryro, and uh, I'm trying to be better. You know, the uh, whole Riverdale thing um, has really made me have to up my Instagram <laughs> up game. Your game. That, that is, uh, <laughs> That's uh, that's a that's an amazing fandom. Oh my god! Oh my so, god! I bet. Yeah, yeah I bet. My fifteen-year-old daughter. Uh, I've been doing this for over twenty years, and she. Um, I finally made it. <laughs> nice. I'm on her favorite show. <laughs> nice. <laughs> well, congrats, man, on all the success, and uh, I guess we'll see you online. Yeah, man. Thanks, Todd. It was awesome to talk to you. Yeah, man. It's been uh, been far too long. Uh, I guess we'll uh, we'll have to do it again sometime soon. Yeah, over beers next time. The Toddcast Podcast on ToddHancock.ca. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.